0: Awareness, the final frontier. These are the explorations of Jonathan Robinson and Brian Tom O'Connor, their continuing mission to discover fresh new paths to the mystery within, to seek out new joys and new methods of awakening, to boldly go into the heart of expanded consciousness. This is Awareness Explorers.
1: Welcome, welcome, Awareness Explorers. Great to have you again. I am Jonathan Robinson, and I'm with my trusty co-host,
0: Brian Tom O'Connor.
1: And we love exploring together, Brian and I. And last episode, we talked about love, which is, of course, a huge topic. So we split it into two, love and now today's topic, self-love, which is a fascinating topic, as I've been thinking about it, taking notes about it, exploring it. I'm looking forward to seeing what we both have to say, Brian. So when you hear the word self-love, tell me what are the first things that pop into your head?
0: Well, the first thing that pops into my head is our two wing analogy. In other words, we have one wing of um, non-dual awareness and discovering your true nature and uh realizing that the self that you think you are is an illusion and it's not who you really are. But on the other hand, if you don't take care of yourself and your emotions and how you interact with people in the world, you're also not living the best life you can. And so I I, I think that this is sort of like the other wing episode. Uh Uh-huh. You know,
1: uh, one of the things I love about exploring with you, Brian, is that we often end up at the same place but from different angles yeah and i think of self-love partly in that way that can be a support to knowing your true nature as awareness but it's also something that can be not this other wing but can be part of the wing of of uh knowing your true nature so you know there's a lot of ways to define what self-love is and it's always good to Define our terms. What we're not talking about is like self-esteem. Like, you know, yeah, you're fantastic. You're good. You're, you know, go get them. You know, that type of self-love is not what we're talking about. Although that's fine. You know, I I I um get a little squeamish when I hear people do that type of thing. But I think what we're talking about really is complete self-acceptance as a basis of your relationship with yourself. You know, no matter how many relationships you have in your life, the most important one is the one you have with you because uh, wherever you go, there you are. And I see a lot of people their relationship with themselves uh there's like a continuum from I hate myself, you know, you're always doing it wrong to maybe s- some grudging acceptance to full acceptance to complete compassion to like bathing themselves and the different parts of them in love. And the more you move towards that unconditional love towards yourself, I think it unwinds a bunch of knots that allows you to then relax into your true nature.
0: Oh, I really see what you're saying. (laughs) No, it was a very good rant because I think you really made a strong case for that. It's not just the the other wing because it's not just about self-esteem. Uh, I mean, one of the tenets of non dual spirituality is the shift in identity from that, that personality, that ego, that little me to the, to the, what I call the big I, the larger self, the, um, the pure awareness. And one of the factors in that, that allows that to happen is the acceptance, is the allowing of things to be as they are. And the first thing that we usually don't accept is ourselves is the way we are, the way we feel, the way we think, our faults, etc. So I really can see what you mean that those may be obstacles in the way of, of knowing our true nature. And it might be a good idea to address those obstacles.
1: Yeah. You know, um, when I was a teenager, I was very into self-criticism, as a lot of teenagers are. But mine was so bad that, you know, I started to feel suicidal. Uh, I had a constant voice in my head that said you better not do that you'll look stupid and it was so constricting it was like being in a straitjacket and i just realized i can't live like this anymore so i kind of looked into this subject of self-love back when i was like 12 and 13 and came upon some techniques that helped me and we'll talk about some techniques that can help on the self-love journey uh, a little bit later but something I've been impressed with is that a lot of the people we've interviewed have talked about self-love. Some of the most enlightened people like, you know, Patty Levin or Dr. Amy Lundgren, and Pamela Wilson, all talking about the importance of how they learned to love whatever arose in themselves. And that was like
0: their main technique for becoming awake. That's fascinating. You're right. That that is That is a technique. I mean... We also have to make sure we ask the question when we talk about the self, what do we mean? yeah, you know what 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 is what is the self? Are we talking about our personalities, our egos, our bodies, um or are we talking about it in the um, more um vedantic sense, the the self, which is the universal self, which self are we talking about?
1: Well, it's pretty easy to love that universal, unconditionally loving self, so let's not talk about that that one's a given <laughs> you know uh it's easy to love love and light. It's not so easy to love shadows sometimes so the when I talk about self love i'm I'm looking at ourselves as kind of consisting of a lot of different sub personalities, you know there's the inner critic, there's the the achiever, there's the liar, there's the sarcastic part of us, you know, there's all these different parts, as we've talked about in some episodes. And some of those parts cause difficulty in our life. You know, if you have an inner critic, and it's always criticizing yourself, that's a problem. If you have a part of you that is is sneaky and lies and tries to get away with stuff, that can be a problem. If you have a part that um, likes to put other people down, you know, and feel superior, that's a problem. And so these various parts are coming up in us. They are shadowed. They are there, though. And what's our relationship with them? For a lot of people, their relationship is kind of avoidance, you know, hiding it. But, for people who are very awake, I think they view these parts in a very loving way, like they're like they're hurt little children and And by loving them or accepting them, uh, that's the first step. you have to see them and accept them, and then maybe feeling compassion and love for them, that these parts which are very constricted, usually from our childhood hurts and traumas they start to unwind and they start to relax and they start to let go and they start to become softer and dissolve in love and what's left when you don't have all these you know constricted traumatized parts running your life is loving awareness
0: right and beautiful and what a what a wonderful progression that is but i'd like to stay on this for a little and expand upon it a little more because i think it's really very important what 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 you described, and we talked about this when we talked about voice dialogue with the previous guest, Bridget Tangle gaspard But I just wanted to point out that often and may I'll just talk from my experience, I saw the these different parts of me, these different cells, like the critic, was always on the alert for something that I did wrong or, 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 or something that other people would criticize me for. I looked upon this as my enemy. Mm -hmm. I looked upon this as a part I needed to get rid of a part. I didn't like in myself, a part that was hurting me, a kind of a self that was hurting me. And what I learned through deep work on this was a, listening to this part, letting this part actually have its full and complete say on a, an emotional and energetic level, hearing it, and then realizing why did, let's just take the inner critic for, for yeah. an example. Why is the inner critic so critical of me? The reason is because it wants to protect me, because something happened when I was too young to defend myself. It wants to protect me from being punished, from being hurt, from being spanked, from whatever. From, you know, why does it want to protect me? Because it loves me. Yeah. And when we see that love is actually the root of what we see as these cells that are harmful to us, they no longer become the enemy we see that they love us we see that 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 their energy is to protect us and perhaps then we can use their energy in a better way now that we have the adult skills to protect ourselves and we might not need them to do that in the same way
1: yeah that's a really good description of what's been called parts work or voice dialogue work and i think it's very helpful and that takes those parts from hating and the, the the enemy and the constriction to acceptance and to even loving those parts. And and that process, the more you do that with all these different parts, instead of creating this resistance to all these different parts of yourself, you allow the space for them, you create a, a sense of compassion and love, and your whole being, as a result starts to relax into love. You know, you don't, you don't fix these parts, you dissolve these parts in love. And I was really, I didn't realize how important this work was until I started to talk to a lot of people who were very, very awake. And they kept giving me this theme of, you know, I'd ask them, how did it happen? What happened? And they'd, tell me this story, you know, uh, there's always the Eckhart Tolle's who, who I was doing, you know, something and I just woke up, but most people, it's a process. And the process often looks like first loving these parts of yourself into dissolving. And then, because you're now not so constricted, you start to love and accept whatever life shows up for you, including
0: quote, difficult people or difficult circumstances. That's right. And in in the in in the process of doing that, we sort of disidentify with these cells. I mean these cells are various parts of us that are energetic patterns, but they're not the real us. And when Mm -hmm. we when we can create that spaciousness, as you mentioned, we become larger than those. We become Awareness. When you are aware of the different cells, who is aware of each self? Me, the I, the big I, not the little me, or in this case, the many, many little mini me's that make up what we think of as our personality. But when we when we see them, when we allow them to speak, when we love them, when we accept them, we start to identify with a bigger spaciousness. And that's where healing happens. Yeah. And and let's talk for a moment about what normally goes wrong.
1: Uh, the speaker, Brene Brown, a uh, very popular author, speaker, talks a lot about toxic shame. And shame is the experience of feeling like you are bad. Now, we all do stupid stuff from time to time. And guilt is the sense that a certain behavior was ineffective and you want to change your behavior. But a lot of people have shame, which is they feel like they are defective and that creates all kinds of constrictions and all kinds of hiding and all kinds of non acceptance. And it's a real problem for a lot of people. You know, I'm a psychotherapist and I see so many people are stuck in this shame loop and they they can't get out and um we're going to talk about some ways to to get from that position to a place of self-love in a moment but i'm wondering what your experience with shame has been
0: no I absolutely felt it all my life and you're right i think that it is completely connected to what i call core negative belief or the core wound the i am bad and it started really early and there's even something earlier than that so i used to sit with this because we don't want to touch it we don't want to go down to that core wound we don't want to feel it we want to create strategies not to feel it if in a safe place in a quiet place we can drop those strategies to not feel that core wound and go in and 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 feel the emotions in our bodies and ask what they are and what's underneath them. I mean, I went down to the core wound of I am bad. Why is that core wound bad? Because of some traumatic events that happened so early, almost pre-verbal. And this thought came up, my parents hate me mm-hmm. as this. You know, and of course it was not true. My adult self knows it's not true at all. They were just doing the best they could with trying circumstances that we all have in life. But my 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 baby self didn't know that it thought that if they are mad at me, if they punish me, if they then I am bad and you have to look at that and not only just analyze it intellectually you have to allow yourself to feel that and the, and, and and the energy and the tears can start to come and, and 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 rise to the surface and and leave so i think that the core wound is is something that needs to be healed but it can only be healed not by analyzing it, not by thinking of it about it, not by uh, ignoring it, not by strategizing a way not to have it, but by diving into it, allowing it, feeling it and letting it be. And this may take many, many times, many, you know, many sessions of allowing yourself to feel what you feel right now.
1: Yeah, I wish there was a quick and easy fix to that, but I think it often. I mean, as a therapist, I often work with people that way, and have worked with myself that way, and it isn't easy to feel that. And I'd say almost everybody has it. You know, I, I, I have. I've worked with hundreds of people, and it seems like everybody at their core have this thing like uh, I'm not good, or uh, I'm not a good person, or something, or I'm not worthy, and you can work with it by going into the feeling, allowing it. You can work with it daily by the, dealing with this, this, the mini-selves, the, the parts, who represent one aspect of that core wound. But it's important work. And, and I like that Brene Brown talks about how detrimental shame is. You know, it's kind of like a boulder in the way of... of are trying to get to this place of love. And um, it's really a different life when you get past that, when you realize that you are not a bad person, first of all, but that you are really um, this spacious self-awareness and that these different parts are no longer...
0: Uh, your enemy. That's right. And you also have to know that everyone, including you, especially yourself, is actually doing the best that they can, especially your child, your early self. And so you're right. And the distinction you made between guilt and shame is is so apt. It's not that you are inherently bad. On the other hand, that core wound, and you mentioned that everyone has it, and it's true, it it may never actually go away. And if our strategy is to get rid of it, that is actually, oddly enough, counterproductive.
1: Yeah, yeah. it gives it energy.
0: That's right. And so if you're trying to get rid of the core wound, sorry, you're probably going to be disappointed. It may be with you forever, but you can be with it you can love it you can care for it like 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 a parent cares for a child who's been hurt or, or 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 you can nurture that loving feeling towards it and um and it can then be redirected the energy of it can be used more positively for instance it's what gives us compassion. It's what gives us empathy. And when we allow that, when we see, okay, it's not because I'm bad. It's because I was hurt and I'm in pain. Maybe that's true of everyone else, too. And when you see that, you see this deep connection that we all have underneath the surface. And that really is a, is a really good step towards, I think, knowing ourselves as universal. Awareness.
1: Yeah. You know, many years ago when I interviewed the Dalai Lama, I asked him a question and his answer really impacted me. Uh, and it was his answer was different than I expected. I said, I asked him something like, Do you ever experience self dislike or, you know, get down on yourself in some way? You know, and He said that a few years ago, he had given instruction to someone that this person was in a lot of pain. And he said something about suicide and death that this person misinterpreted as it would be okay to kill myself. You know, from a Buddhist perspective. So he said uh, this person did kill himself. And he realized that the lack of clarity in what he had said to this person was partly responsible for this person's death. And I said, so how did you get over that? And he he said, I never got over that. That experience is part of who I am today. and." I feel the sadness of that person and my compassion for my mistake to this day. And it has become part of me and helped me to feel more compassion for other people. And, uh, you know, my mindset was, okay, you get over these things. and uh, But his was like, he became a bigger, more compassionate being by seeing the whole process of how we sometimes do things that are ineffective. And that's part of life and, and having compassion for the whole process, including himself. Right.
0: And he saw it from a bigger, more spacious point of view. And it yeah. also reminds me of another principle, very, very similar and related to this, that I learned from listening to a dialogue, a and a with Adyashanti at one of his retreats. And a young man was talking to him about how he had done things that were hurtful to other people, and he could not get over the self-criticism, the, the blame, the, the shame, the guilt about these things that he had done. Yeah. And Adya responded in a way that really surprised me. But after thinking about it, it makes sense. He said that it was arrogance to think that way, that Mm -hmm. it is arrogant to think that you are the type of person who would never do this kind of thing, who would never make a mistake, who would never unintentionally hurt someone, or who would never even intentionally hurt someone. In other words, we are human beings that are. Often enthralled to our emotions, and to have this idea of ourselves as perfect beings who never do a bad thing is is arrogance. And when you let go of that, that's just a huge step towards self-acceptance. Yeah,
1: we put expectations on ourselves that make us more constricted, uh, and and basically we're chimpanzees with uh, with a one one tenth of one percent or one percent different DNA. That's right. You know, uh, it's pretty relaxing to think I'm just a chimpanzee. I mean, what do you expect? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Have a banana. Yes, yes. Well, let's talk a little bit about what people can do to, say, progress from self-dislike or self-hatred all the way to compassion and love. I know one approach, of course, is that you start to disidentify with the parts that are so self-critical, you know, and that's something I did. I had this part that said, oh, you better not do it. You'll look stupid or I'll call it the inner critic. And I read a method which was actually very useful for me at one time, which was to not identify so much of that voice, just change the tone of that voice to sound like Mickey Mouse. So whenever I would uh, hear that voice, I'd go, you better not do that. You look stupid, you know, and it was really hard to get into the full juice of that voice and it would make me laugh. And I would go, okay, that's not, yeah, it's just some strange voice in my head. And really that, that was a step to not identifying so much with this uh, self-critical voice. And there's other ways that we've talked about in the, in, in our podcast to not identify with your mind or your thoughts so much, you know, things like Byron Katie's thing. Is it true? Is it true that if you do that, you'll look stupid, you know, can you know for sure all these questions or there's even things like saying a sentence, like I love and accept myself unconditionally, you know, different things work for different people, but somehow not giving so much attention to the self-critical voice, so much identification, and finding some way to either laugh at it or come up with another point of view, uh, that's one approach. Any comments?
0: Yes. Well, A, I love the Mickey Mouse voice thing. That is genius. What a great technique. Everybody should try it. Um. <laughs> Just give yourself your inner critic this. Oh, you shouldn't do that. People will think you're bad or stupid. Yes. <laughs> I just think that's
1: hilarious. And in my uh, mind, I've also done other voices like Daffy Duck or a sexy tone. Like you better not do that. You'll look stupid.
0: You know? <laughs> that's a good one too. That's very good advice. Very good. Um, I'm a little bit, a little bit more skeptical though of the other one, which is uh, I love myself unconditionally, um, because. Uh, and, and I think it's good. It's not that it's bad, I think it's good, but there's a warning, there's a caveat, which we talked about in great detail last episode, so I'll only touch on it briefly here, is that it might trigger an argument in the mind that says, it's not true, I don't accept it, I don't like it, it's not, you know, I can't accept it, It's it's unacceptable to me, it's not true, and that's all mind stuff right and it's the mind it's the verbal mind it's the conceptual um thinking uh narrative that doesn't accept things that doesn't allow things and it's the it's what's behind that it's it's who is that mind talking to it's that empty pure allowing mirror-like space of awareness that does the allowing and does the accepting not that not the little me with the little mind that does it so Yes, you are allowing and loving and accepting, but it's not, it's not necessarily the personality that does the allowing, it's awareness itself that is already allowing.
1: So, you know, different things work for different people. So uh, this person suggested this method, I know it works for her and you just have to do trial and error and see what feels right for you and what seems to be effective.
0: Sure. Uh, I was something... talking about uh, for if, if you try it and your mind argues mm-hmm. with you and says, no, I can't accept it, then here's what you try. Yeah, yeah. But if it works for you, as it does for the person who told it to you, beautiful. Yeah.
1: You know, something that I've been uh, exploring lately as a technique is what I call self-empathy. You know, as a therapist, people come to me and they they want empathy. They want to be understood. They want to be gotten. And we do this a lot in relationships as well. But you can do it for yourself. You know, give yourself empathy. Give yourself, imagine like you're talking to your four-year-old self. You know, how would you be to that part of you? You know, call it the little Jonathan or little... uh you know little brian and writing or being kind to yourself in that way like you would to a really close friend going through a hard time i find that this kind of unwinds the constriction of emotion and and suffering that we experience and it is something you can do to yourself in fact nowadays uh, i got from the leader of the finders course jeffrey martin the idea that you write yourself a self-empathy kindness letter every day, and it can be just you know two or three sentences, or it can be longer. You know, I've been, I've had a really difficult week this last week, so I'm writing myself these really empathetic letters. Like, hey, you know, it's been really difficult. You're doing a good job. You need to take good care of yourself and meditate. When this person said this to you, it was really hurtful, and. And I'm proud of you for saying that you're hurt and being vulnerable. You know, that that type of empathy I'm giving to myself. And it feels like a way of being kind and self-loving. There's different flavors, different ways to be self-loving. And this is one of the tools in the toolbox. And uh, one that I'm just starting to explore right now. I'm finding it
0: pretty powerful. It's a Have really good stuff like that. Yes, absolutely. And I've written that letter. Um, I didn't do it. I don't do it every day, but I wrote a really good one uh, when when uh, uh, Jeffrey included that in, in the course. But um, I, I also think that it's a really good step to having that same kindness to others. It's almost a prerequisite. Yeah. If if yeah. you don't give yourself that kindness, then it's pretty hard to give kindness to others. So start start it start at home and then expand to the world absolutely yes yes a uh, third thing
1: is what we talked about as parts work where you give a part like uh, i have a, a big achiever self and i've been you know sometimes it gets me busy and doing too many things so i talk to it i i ask it what it wants i um, I think all these parts ultimately, as you said earlier, are trying to protect us or help us in some way. sometimes they can kind of go off course seemingly in how they do that. but um, I develop like a relationship a self loving relationship with that part, and as I have, it's relax a little bit, <laughs> and because that achiever self relaxes, I get to relax. I'm not you know working as hard as I used to, and you know I thank it for its for its uh help and its input, and this part that was kind of like a a constricted ball now starts to unwind, and with it there's a sense of relaxation in my being it's great great advice to everybody, yeah, so that's a way of, of loving yourself but i i last but not least is what could be called self care or self kindness. You know, a lot of people I noticed, they're very, they they put themselves pretty far down on the list of priorities, you know, first, it's their kids, and then it's their job. And then it's the uh, taking care of the house. And then it's the world situation. And you know, number eight on that list is I'll take care of myself. And one aspect of self love is really taking great care of yourself, just like you would to someone else you love. And you know, that might involve doing things like eating well or getting massages or spending time doing things you love or hanging out with good friends, just basic kindness to yourself. And nowadays, everybody's going through a bunch of crap with COVID and such. It's more important than ever. And I notice that people really don't,
0: a lot of people are not good at the skill of self-care. Yeah, I've noticed that too. And it particularly happens at times of emotional stress, where instead we reach for self-medication instead of Um, Mm self-care. So the choices we make, uh, whether that be alcohol, drugs, overeating, whatever, aren't the most helpful. Whereas things like, as you say, meditation, deep breathing, a nice hot bath, um, watching movies that are funny um hanging out with good friends, getting exercise. Yes, meditation, <laughs> exercising. Um yeah. oh, you know, self-care, you're right. It's it's very it it really is important. And it and you know of course you go too far with it and it's self-indulgence. So the wisdom is to know the difference between self-care and self-indulgence. What's going to make you feel better so that when you are interacting with the world, you are interacting from a a more relaxed, open, allowing, forgiving, caring, loving space, place? Yeah, and when you're in that good place, it
1: is easier to then relax into your true nature as awareness, you know?
0: That's right. It's vibrational. Uh, When you are... When you are getting rid of all the clutching, all the tension, all the stuff inside that that prevents you from experiencing reality as it is, then you start vibrating in harmony with the universe. Your frequencies start to match yours and other people's, and it really can lead to a, a better, happier life. Absolutely. Well, I think uh,
1: we covered most of the topics. Um, uh, any last words on
0: self love that you want to? Yeah, I think there is one last thing, which is, of course, it's always like me to always have a, you know, a, a caveat and play the devil's advocate here, and it brings us back to when we first talked about the two wing analogy, and one is that there is a slight danger that if we spend too much time trying to generate love for ourselves it's absolutely great but there's the danger is mistaking what our true selves are in other mm. words is our true are our true selves this personality this mind this body and we need to ask is that really me who has a body who is hearing those thoughts in my head who has a mind who or what is knowing experience and that that knowingness is, by its very nature, love, and therefore self-love. So we want to make sure that we don't go down the rabbit hole of, okay, this is what I'm going to do to fix my personality without looking at, am I really that personality, or is that just, there goes Brian doing that thing again, there goes Jonathan doing that thing again. But on the other hand, we all know that there are instances of very, so-called awakened spiritual teachers who don't treat people well who who have you know who have abusive relationships with their students who you know who who have not taken the steps to allow their personalities to interact well with the world so it is two wings there are two if if knowing your true nature Means you're going to treat people badly, then what's the use? I don't really care of knowing the truth if I'm not going to be the type of person who interacts with the world in a loving way and is happy. You know, what's the use of all this so-called spiritual knowledge? So, you know, it used to be that I was very much on the one wing line, and I am defending the one wing, and I'm bringing us back to it constantly over and over and over again. But through interaction with you and talking about this, I've realized the importance of the other wing that we're balanced, that we're not flying in circles.
1: Yeah, everything. There's a lot of balances to be aware of. That's why we have about 90 episodes to talk about this. And <laughs> and, and hopefully when you get off on one side that you come back to the center by listening to some information or techniques that can bring you back to the center. And uh, on, along those lines, um, we really appreciate the the Patreon supporters who help make this possible. We obviously don't charge money for this, but if you want to become a Patreon supporter and get a bunch of free stuff, free meditations, free blogs, other things for as little as a dollar a month, uh, you go to patreon.com forward slash awareness explorers. And we explained it all there. And thank you so much. We really appreciate the emails and the support because it helps us feel like uh, we're part of a family. We have a shared mission. And I hope uh, our listeners feel that as well. And um, now it's time for a meditation on self-love. And so, as usual with meditation, if you possibly can, make yourself comfortable. And I'm going to start this meditation by making a specific request, and that is that you think of an aspect of yourself that you really do love. It could be an ability, it could be a kindness, it could be something that might be part of your personality or your ego structure that you actually really appreciate and love deeply. Literally, it can be anything. And once you think of something like that, I also want you to think of a part of you that you have struggled with, meaning that you've resisted or have not liked or have not fully accepted some aspect of you like, you know, an inner critic or the part of you that's judgmental or, or any part of you that you feel has caused you trouble and you have a hard time accepting. And you can just come up with a a very simple label for these two parts. So one part that you really love and appreciate and like, and the other part that you have struggled with, have not fully accepted, and perhaps resist or feel shame or guilt about. And when you have that clearly in mind, I want you to think about this part that you really like or love or appreciate. This part of your character that you've been gifted with And as you think about this part, feel your appreciation for it. Feel grateful that this manifests in you and through you. Just like you might appreciate the extreme kindness of a friend or some other thing that you like about a friend, appreciate this part in you and open your heart to it. And feel, if you can, either acceptance or love and appreciation. And notice how that feels in your body. Hopefully there's a feeling of warmth, of openness, of maybe even gratitude. Great. Now I want you to think about this part that you have had a hard time accepting. Perhaps you've seen it as an enemy or have tried to hide. And I want you to actually try to get into the feeling that you often have around this part, which might be self-dislike. It might be hatred. It might be trying to avoid And feel what it feels like to resist or dislike this part of yourself. Perhaps you can remember times when this part manifested in your life and did things which you regret. And notice what that feels like in your body. Perhaps you even notice thoughts and feelings that show up in relationship to this part of you that you have not fully accepted. And notice what constriction feels like. Now I want you to see if you can turn this constriction, this resistance, into something softer. And realize that this part, probably a wounded part from your childhood... Is doing the best it can, and that in some ways it might even be trying to help you in some manner. And that, like a wounded child, it's seeking love, it's seeking your attention so it can be loved. And if you can remember what it felt like to love and appreciate a different part of yourself, what it feels like to just open and with compassion and understanding and love, fully accept perhaps this wounded part of yourself. being able to accept and have compassion for a crying baby. As best you can, allow yourself to accept or love or feel compassion for this part that you've struggled with. And as you do, notice if you feel an opening, or a softening, or a tenderness. If you want, you can imagine sending this part love, or a hug. Because ultimately, that's probably what it needs. And as you soften into a more loving place, realize that all these parts of ourselves belong to the same ocean of love and the same ocean of awareness. There are no good waves and bad waves. They're just waves. that come up for a moment and then merge back into ocean of loving awareness. And ultimately, that's who you are. And you can relax into that ocean of loving awareness partly by fully accepting whatever shows up in you, or in others in your life. In a few moments, I'll be bringing you back to the room you're in, feeling your body on your seat, knowing that at any moment, as any part comes up, your softening, relaxing, and loving it is the key to relaxing into your true nature. As so you feel your body on the chair or wherever you are. Slowly come back to opening your eyes. Take your time. And from a soft, loving place, When you're ready, start to move about and enjoy your day. So, Brian, are you uh, back
0: on on Earth? I have landed. (laughs) But not weighed down, but sort of floating a few inches above. That was a beautiful synthesis of self-love and awareness of of the two wings. Uh, I thought that's really terrific and I and I felt a real connection with who is it that knows these different parts of myself? Mm-hmm. Who is who is the real I? Who is the who is the one that that is okay. And there was a, there was a, there was a, I liked when you got to the part about the softening. I really felt that happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was terrific.
1: Well, one thing uh I love about myself and yourself, Brian, is I think our guided meditations are often pretty great. <laughs> And uh, there's like seventy or eighty of them now uh, at awarenessexplorers.com, and we encourage people to tell their friends, family about these. Usually they're about ten minutes long, and I think in ten minutes you can often go into a very altered state, a very expanded state. That's really, well, of course it's free, but you know you can put on your phone, and and if you're having a hard day, take ten minutes and give yourself an act of self-love by listening to these things and, and, uh, and softening in this sometimes harsh and difficult world.
0: Yeah, that's a great example of self-love and, uh, and also a great description of when you say softening in this sometimes hard and difficult world. It's, it's so true, but so important to do. Especially during these times.
1: You said it. <laughs> so give yourself that act of self love. Uh, get other people into this uh, little hobby that goes to infinity. And until next time, keep exploring. Keep exploring.
0: Thank you for listening to Awareness Explorers. To learn more, you can check out our website at awarenessexplorers.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. We'd love it if you would post a review. And please share our link on Facebook and with family and friends. Because knowing yourself as awareness is the greatest gift you can give yourself or someone you love.